1: The sun hung low in the sky.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.
1: It was a place shrouded in mystery, where murky waters intermingled with gnarled trees and dense vegetation. Stories circulated among the locals, whispers of encounters with unknown creatures that prowled the dark recesses of the marshland. Amidst this eerie backdrop stood William, a seasoned hunter with a weathered face and a steely resolve. He had heard the tales, but to him, they were just stories. Folklore spun to amuse and entertain. With his hunting troop by his side, he ventured deep into the remote hunting ground surrounded by the treacherous swamp. Their boots sank into the spongy ground as they forged their way through the dense vegetation. The air hung heavy with anticipation, mingling with the scent of decaying leaves and damp earth. The team of hunters, armed with rifles and years of experience, were ready for the thrill of the hunt. As they pressed forward, the swamp seemed to come alive. Strange footprints imprinted in the mud larger than any known creature. Unsettling growls echoed through the trees reverberating in their chests. A shiver ran down William's spine, his instincts telling him that they were being watched. The atmosphere grew increasingly tense. Their nerves stretched thin. Shadows danced in the fading light, playing tricks on their minds. Suddenly a blood-curdling roar pierced the stillness, freezing them in their tracks. Eyes wide with fear, they glimpsed the silhouette of a monstrous creature lurking amidst the murky depths. The predator struck with ruthless precision, picking off the hunters one by one. Panic set in as they realized the perilous situation they were in. Trapped within the treacherous swamp, they were pawns in a deadly game of cat and mouse. William's heart pounded in his chest as he fought to stay one step ahead of the relentless beast. He relied on his instincts, his survival skills honed through countless encounters in the wilderness. With each passing moment, the creature's presence grew more suffocating, its pursuit unyielding. As hope dwindled, William's resilience kicked into overdrive. He led the remaining hunters through treacherous marshes and tangled undergrowth, using every trick in his arsenal to outsmart their relentless stalker. Exhausted and battered, they stumbled upon an abandoned cabin in a clearing. William pushed open the creaking door, his eyes scanning the interior. Dust danced in the beams of sunlight that filtered through cracked windows. As he explored the desolate cabin, he stumbled upon a weathered journal, its pages yellowed with age. With trepidation, he read the haunting entries. The journal chronicled the disappearances of hunters throughout the years, listing over 50 names of those who had ventured into the swamp, never to return. The reality of their dire situation settled heavily on William's heart a mix of sadness and determination washing over him. He vowed to honor the fallen, to share their story, and raise awareness of the lurking menace within the swamp. With newfound resolve, he gathered the remnants of his hunting troop and made a desperate bid for survival. Using the knowledge gained from the journal to navigate the labyrinthine marshland, William emerged from the swamp battered and bruised, but with a sense of purpose. He carried the weight of the lost hunters upon his shoulders, determined to expose the existence of the malevolent creature that had claimed so many lives. The sorrow in his eyes was a testament to the price paid in the pursuit of adventure in the unyielding power of the untamed wild. I was ten years old in 1972 or 1973, just a kid with a whole lot of chores, one of which was to check the mailbox. Our mailbox was a bit of a walk from the house, and Gracie, my mother's doc loved to accompany me on these little adventures. It was a summer afternoon, and Gracie and I were on our way to the mailbox when we noticed a coyote lying beside it. As we got closer, the coyote started jumping around as though it wanted to play. Gracie, ever the sociable one, started yapping excitedly and wagging her tail. I scooped her up and rushed back home, heart pounding in my chest. The following day, it was the same scene. The coyote was there, seemingly waiting for us, and it began its playful jumping routine as we approached. On the third day, I got complacent. I wasn't paying as much attention as I should have been, and Gracie saw her opportunity. She bolted from my grasp and ran towards the coyote. Two larger coyotes emerged from the high grass and carried her off before I could react. I was left standing there, helpless. A few days later, I was heading to check the mail again. Life continued, even if your heart was breaking. That's how things were back then. I was shocked to see the same coyote sitting in the same spot. As I got closer, it started jumping around as if it wanted to play. This time, it wanted to play with me. I remember moving from the city a few months before this incident. Gracie would always jump up to go with me any time I went outside. My grandmother, till the day she died, believed that Gracie took those walks to protect me. I guess, in her own way, she did. She taught me the harsh realities of life in the wild, a lesson I'd carry with me for the rest of my life. I was walking the dog around my Pembroke Pines, Florida neighborhood, and came around a curve in the sidewalk street. I noticed something unusual and stopped walking, staring at it, trying to figure out exactly what I was seeing. The dog seemed more annoyed I'd made him stop. He did not bark or react in any way. There was a figure ahead of me about thirty feet away, standing in the swale area, between the sidewalk and the street. It was not facing me. It was skeletal, thin or bony, taller than my five feet three frame with white or light grayish skin and no hair. There was something blue near its left ear. At first, I thought maybe it was a spiritual type of being, but clearly was not human. It sensed I was staring at it, looked over its right shoulder, looked at me, and then looked down at the dog. Then it suddenly started to run, into the middle of the street, and then down the street into the next block. Its knees were backward. As it ran, it began to gradually fade, like the edges were the only part of it that I could see. It was glimmering and fading until I couldn't see it anymore. A friend suggested it sounded like an insect type alien or praying mantis alien. I'm in my late fifties. I don't drink or get stoned. And this is not a Halloween prank. I would really love to know if anyone knows what this might be. There is this thing that has been seen on Palm Island, Florida for decades is just one of the many evil, scary things that are there and shows itself when it wants to. Well, this one particular thing is pure evil. It shows itself to people wearing a dark trench coat. Not many have seen its face, but my brothers have. It follows them throughout the community, always at night, always wearing the coat you see, on Palm Island, if you want to go somewhere, you just walk. No matter what the time is, if you want to get home, you just walk. And the streets are pitch black, with no street lights. So it would follow them. This thing is huge, bigger than any man, and scary as heck. It would always keep the same distance behind them, and in the darkness of the night, all they would hear is the sound of its hoof walking on the road. When they'd make it home, it would torment them all night, running on the roof or banging on the walls and under the house. Then when they're asleep, it shows itself to them in its true form. It comes to them in their nightmares. My brothers all described it the same way. It looks like the thing from Jeepers Creepers. Mind you, it's been after them way before the movie came out. It's big with this monstrous face, uglier and more grotesque than you can imagine. It's got hooves, long claw, like fingers and enormous wings which it uses to chase them. Every time it's chased them, it's always caught them. My brother said he even tried in a nightmare to jump off a cliff. He said he'd rather die than let it take him, but as he jumped off the cliff and as it was falling, all he could hear was the sound of wings. All of my brothers see this thing and have been for decades now. It stands up in the darkness, holding a rope, trying to make them commit you know what. In other times, it's tormenting them to a point where they can't sleep. If they do, it goes to them in their dreams. I know my brothers are not the only ones on Palm Island that see it. This thing just roams around Palm Island freely. Several years ago, I believe I had an encounter with a small humanoid or juvenile Sasquatch. I can't say for sure due to the lack of visuals. It was fairly late in the evening, I'd say around 9.30. I don't know the month or year anymore, but it was at least ten years ago and the weather was cool. Maybe early spring. I was working on cleaning up the property. I buy and recondition old items to sell so I'm always cleaning up a mess. As usual, I was also in a hurry. It was dark, and I was following a route in the yard. I knew in the dark. After several trips putting trash in cans and putting things away, I tripped over a stack of two tires. The trouble was, I knew immediately those tires had been moved from a previous spot, a couple of feet away. I busted my ass. After I hit the ground, I just paused and slowly sat up and leaned back with the top of my head resting on the back of an old Ford pickup. At that point, I looked down the side of another old Ford that was right behind, the one I was leaning my head on. As I was looking, I was staring across the street, neighbor's outside light. It was angled so that it would shine right in my eyes from where I sat. As I did this, a small hairy head popped out from behind the truck behind the one I was leaning on. I could only see a profile due to the lights, but it was hairy. If it was proportional, it was short. I could have sworn I saw it shake, as if silently laughing, then poof, gone. I just sat there, and out loud, in a normal voice, said, No way. That was the only visual I had, and as I said, it was limited. I've had smells that were horrible drift by once in a while. Rocks are tossed onto metal roofs. Nights where I know I'm being watched. Slaps on my house were heard by my girlfriend while I was out of town. Slaps on my neighbor's house. I live in Roy's City, Texas. I'm not way out in the boonies, but not in town either. We are just east of Dallas, Texas. We are near the Trinity River Valley. If they are anywhere, they are there. Maybe you have other reports from this area from several years ago. Just glad to tell someone. I was camping with my Boy Scout troop in Alpine, New Jersey, when I was in early 8th grade, November of 2010. I stepped out of the cabin in the middle of the night to take a piss and went out and did my business. I stood outside for a second, taking in the campsite. I was standing by a picnic table and glanced around. The moon was so bright that it made the sky look dark blue rather than black, and there was a light fog ominously cascading along the campsite. I heard a rustling in some bushes and didn't think much of it at first, but it continued and got louder. Slowly, I moved my flashlight along until I got to the source of the noise as it got louder and louder. I looked over and saw something that I still don't quite understand. To be honest, this thing was gigantic. Standing on hind legs, he was tall and had a muscular body with fur that looked to be black dark gray. He had the head of a dog wolf only thicker, and the weirdest part, yellow eyes. I stared at him and he stared at me, and then he just vanished, ran away faster than I could even blink. I was so bewildered that I blacked out for a minute and had to sit down, but I went back to the cabin and tried to go back to sleep. I managed to block it out of my mind for a while. Repressed memories is the term, I believe, but it eventually resurfaced when I watched an episode of Monster Quest about werewolves. This doesn't really bother me anymore, truthfully. I actually think it was pretty damn cool. Almost like the setting for a perfect horror movie, lol. The funny thing is, I feel like this thing didn't want to see me any more than I wanted to see him. It's as if we looked at each other and just silently agreed to say nothing. Leave each other alone and then act like all this shit never happened. I personally don't buy into all that transformation. Bark at the moon B.S. I think werewolves are more of an undiscovered species. I stayed with the troop for a while after making Eagle to help mentor some younger scouts, and while I'll always be known as the fun leader, probably due to being closer in age, I still always stress to them that the buddy system is mandatory at all times, because my night could have been much different if this wolf creature I saw was a little more on the confrontational side. Cue the creepy organ music lightning crackling evil laugh and wolves howling this was in meridian state park and it isn't spooky just kinda weird and terribly short i went to a small private school and every year we would do a camping trip to meridian nothing odd ever really happened until my senior year I had a cock right next to the door of the cabin. For whatever reason, I bolted straight up in my bed, wide awake, to see a man standing just inside the entrance of the cabin. He was dressed in what I can only describe as something that would resemble a spec ops character out of a video game. I remember thinking what the, uh, if this dude is military, and I noticed quite clearly his eyes glowed red. Not like demonic red or anything supernatural, more like he had on glasses or goggles that put of a red light. Being 17, a martial artist, and uh, a do-you-even-lift-bro-kind-of guy. Back then, I started to say WTF, but he just raised one finger to his lips, like to silence me, and said, sure, next thing I know, I am waking up, and it is morning. Some of the other guys had said they thought they had seen someone in the woods earlier the day before, but ignored it as shadows. Nothing was taken. No one was harmed. Still no clue what that was all about, but here twenty-something years later, I still remember it vividly. I met a few bears camping. In Alberta, we have three types of bears, brown, black, and grizzly. I learned that what to do when you encounter each kind is different. I just know grizzlies are bad-ass mean. I met a brown cub once, but I didn't know if it was a grizzly or not. We were way up north, roughing it camping, and I came upon it in the tree. My uncle tied our food up in to keep it away from bears. This cub was having a good meal of my supper, but I knew his mama was probably nearby, so I froze and had no idea what to do. I was a 12-year-old girl at the time. My uncle trained sled dogs and had a retired husky wolf with us for protection. Not the kind of dog you can pet because he was a grouch. Anyways, I'm standing stiff as a board when his dog, named bear, ran over and growled at the bear cub. It claimed down the tree and ran off. At this point, I started running and could hear something chasing me. Then it ran by me. It was the dog. I thought the mama bear must be chasing it, so I just ran harder, And but she didn't end up eating me or chasing me, so that was nice. I stayed closer to the dog the rest of the trip, even though he didn't seem to like me. This happened to me in a group of friends during the summer of 2019. I'm not a great writer and my memory of the events might be hazy so I, I don't know if I can do this story justice because it was actually pretty terrifying for me at least. Also I don't know if this is even paranormal but I've never had an experience like this before in my life and it's made me reconsider what I think when I hear other people's experiences and stories as I never used to believe. Last year I started hanging out with a few friends I went to high school with, playing smash, eating pizza, and the like. We usually would get together around 10.30 p.m. as most of us work during the day because we don't have classes during the summer. One night we decided to go to the nearby park, probably around midnight, to run around and whatnot as team... Hi,
0: I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Teenagers do. They told me that sometimes they would see what they thought was a homeless guy hanging around the park or in the woods around the park, but they never got too close to him. They would jokingly refer to him as the sludge walker. Because that's the sound the wet ground would make when walking around in the park at night. The first time I go with two other people, I'll call them Mark and John. Mark is my close friend who I've known for a long time and the only one I was really familiar with in this group. He knows I'm kind of afraid of the and jokes about how creepy the sludge walker is. At this point, I have no reason to be afraid, so I laugh it off as him screwing with me. We get to the park and sit at the pavilion, run around the soccer fields, talk shit, act. Eventually, we run around the woods and meet back at the pavilion. After a couple minutes, Mark flips and tells us to start running. We do so, thinking the cops are coming as they sometimes patrol the park at night. When we are out of the park, Mark says he saw something coming out of the woods, and it looked like a really tall dude. I call BS and think he's just screwing with me, and trying to give us a cool story to tell the rest of the friends in that group. Fast forward a few weeks or so, they convinced me to go back to the park. This time we intend to look for the sludge walker and see who or her or what it is. This time there are four of us and we split into two groups. We decide to go Mark and John, Paul and I. Paul was like me in that neither of us used to believe in the paranormal or cryptids or anything like that. We are walking onto a path in the woods that surrounds the park, and we hear a few twigs snap. I say that it's probably deer or or some shit, and we continue on. All of a sudden, something drops down from the tree canopy and scares the shit out of us. It was a bat. Go figure. But as we continue into the woods farther, Paul stops me and says to listen. We hear some leaves rustling behind us, and I reach to get my flashlight out. I don't see what's in front of us, but Paul does. As I'm fumbling with my phone trying to get the flashlight, Paul hits the deck so I do as well. Then we hear something running up the path away from us. The footsteps were fast and sounded very heavy. I am freaking out at this point because I thought we were going to get mugged by some guy who was catching some Z's in the woods. It doesn't come back and we call the other group of people and hightail it out of the park. Paul says he saw the thing and it looked really tall with a hunched back and really long fingers. Again, I call bus because that's every scary monster truck mixed into one and I brush it off as a homeless guy again. A few days later and we're all hanging out again. They say we should go back into the woods and check it out again. I disagree because I don't want to come across homeless guy again. Again I give in to peer pressure and my own curiosity and end up going with them. This time we all stick together and are making our way through the woods and we hear it. As if from every creature horror movie you've ever seen. Everything is dead silent when suddenly this screeching erupts from the path behind us and we all book it as fast as we can out into the open. We are all freaked out, but Mark and John decide to run back into the woods and get a recording of this thing. They took a video even though it was dark and you can't see anything, but you sure can heat it. I am freaked out and none of us can figure out what this is. My sister hypothesized that it could be a fox screaming, as they make a sound kind of like that, but we think this sound is polyphonic, two pitches at once. So we're all stumped. You know the drill by now, Mark. John and I are hanging out again, and it's raining. I want to go back this time, as I want to get to the bottom of this. Finally, the rain lets up at about 3 a.m., and we suit up for a muddy trek and head out. Probably the worst mistake I could make is what happened next. I still can't wrap my head around, and I still can't sleep in complete darkness. We're in the park and almost immediately we've someone very tall walking out from under the pavilion. Here, uh, it's coming right as us as the light from the pavilion illuminates the figure walking at us. We run behind some tall bushes as I speculate it could be a cop park ranger coming to bust us for trespassing. We decide to take a peek and creep along the edge of these tall bushes. When we round the corner, we see it standing fully upright, just a few feet in front of us. I didn't really get a good look at it, but I saw really long fingers and some sort of cloth draped across its body, and it was at least seven feet tall. We all start running, and me being a total wuss, start actually screaming. I don't think I've ever ran faster in my entire life. I looked back a few times to see if it was following us and it was just walking along the bush line. I also noticed that it had multiple glowing eyes that were glowing a faint red color, which was the only way I could tell where it was. My adrenaline was going so hard I couldn't tell if it was making noise or not. I've never gone back and I don't intend to. I sometimes think that it was a homeless guy or someone who lives by the park screwing with us because I don't really believe in the paranormal. But this is something I really can't explain any other way. Mark theorized that it could be a skinwalker or a wendigo from urban legends. When I do tell people about this, I usually leave out the part about the glowing eyes as it just sounds stupid and crazy, but that's the part that keeps me from believing that it's just some guy. Everyone wants to have a weird or paranormal experience, but when you actually do, it sticks with you and can really mess with your head in the long term and in my case, makes a 20-year-old sleep with a nightlight. If you actually read this and you have any questions, feel free to ask in the comments. This is my first Reddit post, so I'll do my best to get back to you. This is going to sound totally unbelievable, but I swear I saw something like a flying monkey last night. I was driving on a neighborhood street, and this strange animal was on the roadway. I could see its head, and it looked like a monkey to me, but it was small, like the size of a prairie dog or gopher. I kept saying, what is that? I drove around it as it would not move, possibly dazed by my headlights. My friend thought it was a possum until we passed it, and we both said that wasn't a possum. I quickly turned around, and all I saw were huge wings, way too big for that animal, flying away. Now, obviously, I said that had to be an owl or whatever it was just got snatched up by a giant owl. The problem is that this thing had a head and a neck, and it was standing on two feet, leaning forward, staring right at the car, and didn't move. I'm so confused as to what I saw, even though I was so close to it i mean i see owls all the time big ones too i know what they look like that thing in the road if it was an owl was a mutant owl even if i admit it was probably an owl its wings were still far too big for its size i have no idea what i saw but i I swear it looked like a small monkey to me i live in florida and although i live near jacksonville northeast Florida. In South Florida, there was a Walmart that had monkeys living in the parking lot due to owners letting them escape. So it is possible that it was an escaped tiny monkey, although extremely unlikely. But wings? The whole thing was so confusing. I recently had an experience that I'm I'm just not sure about. I tried explaining it to my sister, and I can't even put into words everything that happened, how I felt, and everything. I feel I can share this here anonymously, created this profile just to share this. I don't want people to think I'm crazy. I mean, I feel crazy when I discuss it, but I have to tell someone who might understand so recently I went on a bit of a road trip and visited a bunch of places in the southwest Utah and Colorado and Arizona and Southern California. I stopped at a park in Colorado that I hadn't initially planned on going to but had never been to, a place well known for its Native American history, various different tribal affiliations over time. That was absolutely beautiful. Honestly, it was amazing and humbling to see the history of the people here. It made me realize that there was so much more about American history than the rather Eurocentric view of colonialism I was taught. Anyways, it was amazing. Given that this was November and very off season, half the park was not accessible and attendance was minimal, there were other people, but overall it was very quiet. I had been viewing some building ruins atop the Mesa, one huge multi-room building, and not that far away, another large building, with a very large kiva in the middle, and on the southern side of building two was a solstice carving on the wall. I was walking around the smaller solstice building, as there was a couple walking around the large building, and I enjoyed the quietness of being alone. And when I went to the large building, they went to the solstice building, and Then they left, and I was going back to the Solstice building to get some more pics of the Solstice marker. I was now alone. It's hard to describe exactly what I felt and how everything went down, but I'll try. It was a pretty nice day, Temp, in the upper 50s. I'm from the Midwest, and that's still shorts weather to me. Some light, small clouds, but not many. Pleasant breeze and a few birds chirping away and more than a few chipmunks all over. As I walked around the solstice building, everything became just. Still, like the wind stopped, the animals went silent and disappeared. It was just weird. There was a large, darkish cloud that came candy out of nowhere and just hung there. It was a weird heaviness all over. And there was this smell of like, what I thought, just a dead animal. Like that sickly, sweet smell of rotting meat. I assumed that there was like a dead deer or rabbit or something nearby that the wind had been blowing the smell away, but the wind was gone and everything was just, still and heavy. As I reached the solstice marker wall, I noticed that on top of the wall, mind you, the walls are only too high or so. There was a piece of pottery. I swear that this pottery hadn't been there before, and it wasn't there in any of my first set of pictures looking back. It was a large broken piece, but now that I think back it was really clean. The blacks and whites very clear. I went and picked it up to get a closer look, and it really was beautiful. A kind of stair pattern, and then an angled set of lines. It was really pretty, but it felt weird oddly heavy for its size, and I wanted to keep it. I wanted to take it and just kept staring at it for what felt like. God, it's so hard to describe how I felt, but time stood still, and all I wanted was this pottery. Even now, thinking about it, I still get this weird, like, longing feeling for it, and as I held it, everything was just silent and heavy and That smell was just so strong. But suddenly there was this huge raven out of nowhere. Legit on the wall, like five feet from me, was the largest bird I've ever seen in the wild. This huge raven just cawed and flapped its wings and I kind of snapped back to reality. Honestly, this raven was bigger than a friggin' condor. Its body was easily three tall and its wingspan just massive. I put the pottery piece down on the wall, back where I picked it up from, and just looked at this bird, and the bird just looked back at me, and I turned and walked away. Just like that, the dark clouds blew away, and the wind returned, and there were other birds chirping, and the smell was gone. Actually, the smell all but vanished when the giant raven appeared. I got like ten feet away from where I had been standing just around the corner of the solstice ruins, and I turned around to see the raven. They've always been beautifully intelligent birds to me, and it was gone. I didn't hear it flap its wings to fly away, and I didn't see anything in the sky. It was just gone. So was the piece of pottery, no longer on the wall. I went back to my car and headed back to the visitor center as besides being totally weirded out over what happened, it was getting late in the day and I had a fair bit of driving to do to get to my next stop down in Arizona. I had a good 35 minute drive back to the park entrance to reflect on what had happened and how weird I felt. Honestly, I felt like I had downed a bunch of Benadryl. I was so foggy until the raven showed up. Even now, I just really can't explain everything I felt. When I got to the visitor's center, I was the only person in the visitor's center proper, besides the employees, and one guy was leaving as I entered. In the gift shop, I was getting a mug. I get a mug from each park I visit, and was talking to the park ranger and the cashier, who was an older American Indian woman. She later told me her mother was Southern Paiute, and her father Navajo about how awesome the park was, how I wished I had learned about more of these cultures in school, etc. When I told him about the piece of pottery, I also said something like, Oh, yeah, up at the far view sites. There's a dead animal, too. When the wind dies down, you can smell it. And the park ranger and the cashier kind of quickly looked at each other and then back to me. The cashier asked if the smell came before the pottery piece, and I said, Yeah, the wind stopped, and the animals were all quiet, and basically told them everything I said above. I didn't tell them how much I wanted to take the pottery home. I didn't want to sound crazy or admit to how much I wanted to steal an artifact from a national park, but I did tell them how heavy everything got. How silent and still and stuff, and they just looked at each other a few times and kept quiet except when I told them how this huge-ass raven appeared the cashier, let out a little gasp. When I finished my story, they had a few questions about the timing of things, how long everything lasted, and in what order everything happened, and to describe the pottery and stuff, and all of a sudden, the cashier asked, would you like some tea? I love tea and was like, actually, that sounds wonderful, thank you, and she went to get some hot tea. The ranger and I walked back towards the employee break room down the hall, past the artifact restoration exhibit, and she asked where I was from and what I knew about the area, and I told her how truly minimal I had known about the various native cultures, even those closer to my Midwestern home. When the cashier returned, she handed me a cup of sage tea, and she asked if I was honest about what happened. I was really confused and said, yeah, and she told me to drink. The tea tasted kind of like a no-salt vegetable stock. I wish I had some honey and lemon, but the lemon probably would have made it taste like chicken stock. Then, ha-ha, and they told me about what they think I'd been near. Apparently, they hear a few different stories concerning skinwalker activity throughout the year, but none where someone sees the raven, and that's why they were telling me this. The cashier proceeded to tell me a bit about skinwalkers and how sometimes they curse objects to lure unsuspecting people in. She also said that the fact that the raven appeared and removed whatever enchantments I felt was very important that someone greater than us was watching out for me at that moment, because even though skinwalkers can choose many different animal forms, even they would never appear as a raven, due to the spiritual importance of these birds. She said something about they carry messages from beyond our reality in their midnight wings, and if the raven appeared to me, they could share certain information with me that they never share with anyone. She told me that the sage would help cleanse me of any remnants of the skinwalkers' tricks and suggested I see a shaman. I had already finished a cup of tea and was getting a little freaked out, but oddly felt a little more calm after hearing her speak, and thanked them and left. I tried not to run to my car, but walked very quickly to my car and left. That night and a night or two later, I had some very vivid dreams, but I can't remember anything of them which is weird. I usually remember my dreams when I wake up, at least long enough to write them down. But these dreams, even though they woke me up, I couldn't remember. I don't really know what happened or if they were pulling my leg, but once I got home and really started looking into things, I kind of feel. I don't know. I feel like I'm crazy because I can't rationalize what happened. Even when writing this, I realize how insane this all sounds. And I still can't even fully describe how I felt, how weird everything got. It's just hard to put into words. But I had to share this with people who might understand, have their own insight.